Well, hey you, hello there, every person everywhere. Well, hello, hello, hello again, everybody. My name is Lynn, and I am every person everywhere, and this is stuff that you can relate to, hopefully. So, I've sort of been thinking about my catchphrase a little bit recently, and as it seems, I've been using the catchphrase for over two and a half seasons now, and there still really isn't any particular rhyme or reason to it, I've noticed. Um, But it's also something that I'm using to try and help engage people so that hopefully you can relate to the questions that I pose. Hopefully you can relate to the things I've seen and done in your own way. And hopefully it's something that inspires you to go out and see some cool things yourself. Now, obviously it's not the easiest for everybody, but in the episode after my uh, stint around Central Europe, I'm going to talk about how you too can develop a budget to travel just like I did around Central Europe. And this comes from obviously two years of experience and more or less doing it full time. So I'd like to think that I know a little bit anyhow about what I'm doing when it comes to budget traveling just because of needing to budget my travel very cheaply out of necessity and I still would say that I saw a lot of cool things and even though I might not have seen as many concerts or shows or cultural things as I would have liked to I still met a lot of great people I stayed in a lot of great places and I got to say that I saw and witnessed a lot of own uh, things with my own eyes that most people that I've met never would probably get the chance to so After I get done talking about my stint around Central Europe, so to say, um, right before I go over to Romania, I'm going to talk to you about how you too can go and see cool and excellent things. And I think I'll also do an episode on how to make the most out of your adventures, even if they aren't far flung or grandiose, and to still find stuff that you and I can relate to with each other. So without further ado, Let's talk about Bratislava, Slovakia. So, Flixbus, IOBus, and Megabus, I think, are the three main bus companies that I used for my trip in Central Europe. And what's awesome about them is that you go to a bus depot, wherever that might be. Usually it's a major bus depot. And um, when you go to this bus depot, not only are there bus options to get you from city to city within that sort of country you're in or even from one part of the city to the other if it's a bigger city which i saw in places like budapest and oslo norway but you can also get very cheap tickets to go further afield now you can show up at the bus depot in europe and spontaneously buy a trip if you want to obviously knowing that i had a plane to catch in a country that was a couple hundred miles away i needed to make sure that i had everything planned But if you wanted to be a completely spontaneous traveler, know that there are options available. Hostels are almost always accepting walk-ins. You can go on Hostel World and couch surfing literally a day before or the day of going to somewhere and find somewhere to stay for cheap or even free or discount. 
And of course, always look at your discount options. So if you're a healthcare worker, sometimes you'll get a nice scoop. If you work in emergency services such as firefighting, policing, or emergency medical technician work, you'll get discounts some places. Active duty and post-duty veteran slash military discounts are pretty common in most of the world, actually, which is kind of nice. It's a nice way to give back to somebody that literally was prepared to lay down their life for serving their country. Uh, and it's, it's a great honor for those people as well. And then, of course, you know, student discounts or local discounts. There are certain places I went where there actually were discounts available to people who were not European, which was pretty cool. It's extremely rare, and I think the only place I saw it at was maybe Bulgaria, and it was a discounted meal option or whatever. But still, always look for your discount options because that's money you can save for another trip or to do something fancier somewhere else on the trip, which I ended up doing a lot of with this penny pinching. Without the doing fancier stuff, I spent all those pennies that I saved doing cheaper stuff to go somewhere else relatively cheaply and derp around there as well and see as much as I could, obviously. So things are obviously changing with the nature of COVID, but as it was, you know, Bratislava had a nice uh, club scene at night. A lot of people would go there and have some beers and, you know, get high or whatever. And, uh, and then there were lots of kebab shops along every major street. They were open until like one in the morning. So there's always food options available. As far as vegetarian food options go, in a lot of Europe, they're still lacking in this regard. There are more and more vegetarians and actually Scandinavia has become incredibly vegan friendly. But as far as a vegan kebab shop, the closest one I could find to the hostel I stayed at in central Bratislava was in a different town. So you just gotta get creative as far as food options go. Since, like I said, I was still reducitarian, flexitarian of sorts, I managed to skate by at the end of it all with um, still eating a little bit of chicken kebab and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I definitely didn't miss meat, but it was what I needed to do in order to survive. And sort of the same that I had chicken and egg noodle dumplings, traditional Vienna food and when I was in Vienna and I had um, think some sort of chicken schnitzel when I went to um, the Prague Czech Republic because it was either that or I literally just had potato noodles and salad and that was the vegetarian option they had at that restaurant and most restaurants nearby from for that matter from what I found unless you ordered out and like got um, Uber Eats or DoorDash and Deliveroo, I think, is a big one overseas, and there's a couple of others, obviously, but, you know, there are some companies that are global, there are others that are smaller, just like nobody here knows what Bolt is, I use Bolt a lot instead of Uber or Lyft because it was super cheap, they showed up immediately on time and talked as much or as little as he wanted to, mainly because most of them were implants from the Eastern Bloc, so I've done that a lot, however... When I got off the bus in Bratislava, it was just like a lot of other places that I've been in Europe. It was only about a 20 minute walk to get to my hostel slash where I was staying. And that's a reoccurring theme. Everywhere I've been so far, I think the only times I actually had to take an Airbnb or yeah, take an Airbnb, take an Uber to get to my Airbnb hostel or something is 
I think I took a bolt in Estonia and Ukraine. And I honestly want to say that's it. Otherwise, most train systems work exactly the same and most of them are very cheap because so many people rely on them in big cities to get to and from work. But I took trains in Sweden, Norway, not so much Finland because I had friends that drove me and I had that bus. And Finland's just too big to do that, honestly, and too far apart as compared to where I was in Sweden and Norway in both domains of that. I did take a train in Sweden, like I said, and I took trains in the Czech Republic and Denmark and I believe Estonia to get where I was going. Romania, I didn't need to. I walked everywhere and I did take two or three bolts when I was there to get around. But getting around in Central Europe, as you see, is pretty cost-effective and cheap. Bratislava, for being the capital of Slovakia, there's not a whole hell of a lot to do, I'm not going to lie. So this was sort of a reflective trip. I walked most of the city and saw most of the quote-unquote important things in probably four and a half to five hours, insofar that... I went and got a beer after I got dinner at the hostel after I checked in and I met this German dude and this French girl, um, Christy and Elwan, and I'm still in touch with both of them to this day. And they were dating at the time and, um, you know, they wanted to go out and see some stuff. So we actually went out drinking together that same night and the following night as one does when you're in Europe. And I ended up being their little tour guide and I found that I was actually very good at being a little tour guide. So. When I was in Lithuania, I sort of called a lot of shots in directing where we would go as a group of friends. Same with Lisbon, Portugal. I'd be the first one to throw out suggestions just because I obviously, as they could tell, did a lot of research on buses and trains and airports on what there was and was not to see. And a lot of people trusted my judgment, which was really cool. But equally so, when I was in Romania, um, there was a group of, of girls that were on the tour with me in Romania and they said let's go see this do this do that and I said sure so it's kind of cool how you can meet complete strangers and practice your leadership skills but also practice your following skills as well um, but you know they trusted me enough to go and see and do as much cool stuff as they wanted in so far that at least eight people in my travels in Europe said I'd be an excellent tour guide and honestly I considered it if I ever moved to a big city where there's options to do that kind of thing on like the weekends, I would absolutely consider it. I love teaching people, obviously, as five podcasts later, five seasons of podcasts later, you see, I love teaching people about the way that things are in different parts of the world and helping them discover cool new things and helping them find out what is best for them. So... I asked them what they were into food-wise. They said they wanted traditional Slovakian food, so I Googled and found a nice diner that had a vegetarian option. So I'm very obviously good at being inclusive of eating styles. They said they wanted to check out the quote-unquote what's here to see and do, the big stuff, which is obviously what I wanted to do as well. So I sort of put together a mock walking tour on Google Maps as I've done in every other country of things I wanted to see and do, and we went off. So... In another life, I was a tour guide, and maybe I'll consider doing it again one day. I'm not exactly sure at this point in time, 
but one thing's for sure, it was definitely a wild ride to go around Slovakia, sort of showing this group of ragtag strangers I never met, and same with when I was in Cyprus as well, somebody I had never met before, and being able to make them have a good time, and I think that's another occupational therapy skill, honestly, that I'm proud of, is I always find ways to make things fun for people, and to show them a good time, and whatever that means to them. I might not be the center of party life myself, or whatever, but you know, I, I always try to make it unique to the individuals I'm with. And fortunately, a lot of people that I've met in hostels have the same goal as me. Eat cultural food, get enlightened by the people there, and obviously see as much cool stuff as possible. So they were there for two extra days after me. They didn't see any need to uh, not go on a tour with me. So... We went to the Old Town Square, which is where they have a lot of big markets, just like anywhere, but the Old Town Hall has been there since the pre-Gothic era, and it's sort of a mashup of different things that's been put together uh, since about the 1850s or so, I think. There's a nice museum there that's actually free to students to go in, and it's pretty cool because you can actually go on top of the tower for very cheap. I think it was like maybe five bucks and you can see out over everything you just walked around and saw. Which, of course, leads you to Vyazdoslavovo Nemestje, which is one of their parliamentary buildings. And it's very opulent and ornate. And it's in their Vyazdolov Square, and I'm sure I've mispronounced it, because obviously I'm not Slovakian, I'm not Czech, I'm not from that area. But... It's this nice governmental building that is in the middle of the cultural part of town. So it overlooks the square, which you can go and get a nice bite to eat, get a drink. There's lots of nice cafes. I think I had an entire French press of coffee to myself for like five bucks there, whilst I had like some scones and pastries and stuff. There's a giant galleria on the outside of town, which I didn't go to because that's the more built-up district. So there's obviously a built-up part of Slovakia, which I didn't go to. So... I lied. I would say you need a full day for the town square, but it doesn't take that long. And then the next day, do the modern stuff. And I didn't really do the modern stuff because I'm not into modern stuff. I like seeing the old stuff. I'm more of a history buff. Modern cities don't really appeal to me. Hence, when I was in London, I spent as much time as possible in the areas and doing the things that have always been there. There's a certain light and appeal to people that like the modern conveniences, and I'm not one of those people. So, I mean, they have casinos and cinemas and swimming pools and clubs and all kinds of happy hoopla in the Galleria, but it's just not for me. <clears throat> There's some sculptures around town that are worth seeing. There's the Krasakovich Palace, which is right outside of the old town, which is where they still house most of the meetings that happen that are about international relations and I think the head of architecture is still there. It's been around since the 1700s. It's very massive, opulent, and impressive. Um, so moving onwards, one of my favorite statues is you're walking around these long winding streets of Central Europe and you see a man in Old Town named Kumil and he is this magical statue. If you touch your head on his, apparently your biggest dream will come true. Either way around, it's a cool photo opportunity. 
it's a solemn salute to unskilled laborers that helped build the city. And Central Europe is big on unskilled laborers and fair labor. So it's very nice to see that through this archaic statue that's been there for a very long time and the Lernska and Punska Street combination in Central Bratislava. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> If you're, if you're from that area and I just butchered your town name, I'm so sorry. You should know better by now, honestly. Um, you get to see a little tip of the hat. And there's several sculptures like that around town as well. There's an observation deck just outside town, but you need a, a, like a bus to get there or a train to get there, so it's not really worth it. And then where I spent the most time in the town walking from point A to point B was Mikuskabrana which is St. Michael's Gate. And there's a St. Michael's Gate or a St. Gabriel's Gate in most Central European cities. It's the entryway to the town, or the entryway to the old town, and it's lined with street peddlers and fresh produce and people selling odd trinkets and wares. I think this one had a lot of like those weird ornaments that you find from Central Europe. So like the things you dangle in your windows and whatnot, which is pretty cool for its own respective right? There's a giant museum on the outskirts of town, as I mentioned before. But now to talk about the things that sort of drew me in is back in 1452, they built their St. Martin's Cathedral. Now, part of it burnt down at one point in time, but they just built it up stronger and with actual stonemasons and forgers there. And there's plaques around it dedicated to these people. And it's also very, very close to Bratislava Castle, which is... Honestly, probably my favorite part of the whole adventure. Not because the gift shops were spectacular or even the inside of the castle was spectacular. It was actually rather mundane. And you can go in for pretty cheap. But it's a giant castle. And it only really dates back to the 50s or 60s because it's been around for a long time, but it burned down several times. And there's a giant museum inside, but there's awesome topiary and shrubberies if you're into giant courtyards of castles. What really, really sticks out to me is, you know, from the castle you also see Slavin, which is a giant memorial to everybody who helped liberate the city from the neo-Nazis and the Nazis in the World War. So, this is like the culture hub here. And we actually went and had, I think I had like some vegan meatballs and spaghetti while my friends had like some Arctic cod or salmon or something like that for lunch right next to the castle. Why the castle is so spectacular to me is it looks exactly like a spitting image of if you drew a castle on a piece of paper and you didn't know what a castle looked like. You'd probably draw a box with a couple of triangles on top. This is what that castle looks like. It looks like every castle you've ever drawn as a child come to life so it's kind of cool because you're at this giant square castle and it's very unimpressive and unassuming but it's there and i liked it the most because i felt like i could relate to it because me being not an architect if you told me to design a building with no skills go do it now you won't no balls this is probably what you'd get out of me you'd probably get a square with some triangles on top. And then right outside of Slavin statue, there's Klavin Namistie, which is another massive courtyard that people go to and hang out. There's some statues dedicated to other people that helped liberate Bratislava and the people of Central Europe at this point in time. 
and it was built originally, the plaza was built in the 1500s by Maximilian II, and it was just a way to get fresh water to people in the town. You see, back then, in the 1500s, it was pretty hard to get fresh water to a lot of people in a short amount of time. But, when you had an aqueduct and a central fountain in the middle of a plaza, that became the water source for a lot of people. In Old Town, everywhere, just assume that I've gone to Old Town in every country at this point, because I have, and the Old Town is where you see the things that have been there for like 600, 700 years. There's museums, there's cafes, there's places to spend money, pretty palaces, historic landmarks, you know, exquisite cuisine and elegant townhouses, as one person on um, Google searches has provided for me, as well as the ever so lovely Blue Church, which was right next to my hostel and actually right next to the bus depot. So it's, I believe, an Art Nouveau church designed for Russian Orthodox individuals, but it's a giant blue church and that's, that's all there is to it. It's the only one of its kind in Europe that I know of as well. So go and check it out if you're in Bratislava. So all of that I did within five hours or so. You know, I ate like three times, drank many beers and many coffees, and I don't recall spending more than 20 or 30 bucks for the entire experience over that, you know, 35 hour period of time before I got on the bus to go to our next location, Vienna. It's a different world though, because Vienna is very, very expensive compared to anything or anywhere you're going to see in the rest of Central Europe, including Romania and Bulgaria. Things are still very cheap there as well. I think I might have spent 10 bucks per lunch per day in Romania and Bulgaria, just because it was, you know, a touristy area. If I went to a smaller town, obviously it'd be cheaper, but, you know, in touristy areas, that's what you do. So I actually intentionally went on several tours as well that would lead you to and very, once again, very intentionally, they would lead you to parts of that country, parts of the world that were not grossly inhabited, places that people don't normally go, just the locals go and the locals know. And if you go on TripAdvisor and Viagogo, I wish I could say I was sponsored, but I'm not. I'm just a very big fan of them. You can usually find these trips for very cheap. I wish I would have found something more to do in Austria from that respect, because the world's oldest continuous functioning roller coaster and windmill are both located there in their park just outside town. But alas, if I would have made time to go there, I would have missed my bus to get to the Czech Republic. But without further ado, let's talk about my trip to Austria. So yeah, my question for you is, when was a time that you met somebody completely random and took them on an adventure completely random and had a very good time doing so? Or vice versa, maybe you were led on this adventure and had a blast doing so. I'm very much looking forward to hearing about your responses, and to this I add my beautiful silence.